You're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, which is all about beauty without the BS. If you're interested in how the worlds of beauty and wellness are intertwined, or you're obsessed with daily rituals of skincare and self-care, or you just want to know the latest when it comes to new beauty, this is for you. I'm your host, Sharice Kenyon. All I'm saying is, is that if she is independent and she pays her own bills and she takes care of herself and she can cook and she is doing her own damn laundry and she is looking good and staying hydrated and being her very best self, she is one step away from having a literal nervous breakdown. Hi there. First of all, let me just ask, are you okay? I mean, really okay, like not that you know when you're gonna give that fine like I really wanted to just start this episode with just an honest honest commentary um we've had over 18 months of ambient anxiety and traumatic turmoil and social media overwhelm so it only makes sense that we check in with each other so this is me checking in with you By the way, ambient anxiety is this term that I learned early on during the first lockdown all those months ago. It's a relatively new anxiety disorder that's described as an apprehension of things going wrong. So constantly being on edge. Usually our bodies go into fight or flight when we sense something is wrong for real. But the pandemic has turned us into humans that are just switching on that innate sense of fight or flight continuously just in case so we just never really relax we are always ready we're always on ready to check our news feed ready to respond to that email always ready for the latest bad news and obviously even this week there's just so much of it around and it can be really tiring It really made me think of maybe a year ago when we were trying to get through this time with being kind of proactive and solution-based. We were watching all the lives and we were attending all the seminars. Like on Sundays, I was attending seminars on a Sunday night, like 8 o'clock, because the people hosting them would be in the States. And I just wanted to learn and I wanted to be inspired because I might not get this chance again to be inside so much. And we're all telling ourselves that this too would soon pass. And we wanted to emerge better than ever before, you know, like the most beautiful butterflies had been through the most harrowing of times. We were checking in with internet friends, having FaceTime sessions with people we had never met face to face to let them know that they mattered and to just check in with them. We were just doing so much. And then another six months passed and we barely had the energy to pay attention to our faces, let alone our DMs, emails. The thought of multiple FaceTime sessions and Zooms started giving us anxiety. So we had anxiety based on things to do as well as the ambient anxiety. So at times of such overwhelm, I feel that many of us can fall into one of two categories. We either log off socially and literally, spending time, more time in bed, taking time out, telling people on social we're taking time off, but really probably not. But instead we are choosing to not respond. We're dipping out. 
hopefully to allow for feelings, but often we're just feeling overwhelmed by them. Or the second category is we try to find solutions. Um, how can we fix this? There has to be a way to get through this. You know, we're going to get through this. We just need to know what it is. I'm someone who would like to do the former more, kind of just take time out, but properly, you know, really switch off and hopefully get on a plane to do that. But more often, I think I end up doing the latter, like, well, there has to be a solution. I ultimately find myself searching for inspiration on YouTube, Pinterest or Instagram. And many times over the past few months, a common solution to dealing with life in 2021 often comes up as being that girl. Or as one of my favorite, well, my new favorite podcast host, Pia Baroncini puts it, that bitch. So as Pia explains, being that bitch means you're working out, you're doing your nails, you're deep conditioning your hair, you're trying to be a wife who listens and a friend who pays attention and doing great at your job and remembering that mental health is as important as physical health. To sum it up, that girl is someone that we're all supposedly secretly jealous of, yet also secretly want to be. I kind of went down the rabbit hole a bit of this whole concept of being that girl. Initially, it does sound to me like a long list of many little things that need doing that can end up feeling like a lot. And also, it made me question if we're constantly in search of being a better you or me, does that mean that we don't actually like our current self? So that's what this episode is about. I'm going to have a look at this 2021 solution of being that girl. Try and break down the background. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you've watched any that girl content. Let me know if you've ever Googled how to be that girl or searched for it on YouTube. There's no judgment here. It's just a little exploration when it comes to this concept. So first of all, let me share some background and then some examples of that girl behavior. So where did it start? It started on TikTok, of course, back in April. Actually, I've got down here April 2021, but that doesn't sound right. I think we've had it around for a bit longer than that. But that's what's in my notes. Um, it's been described as the wellness version of Hot Girl Summer, the term coined by rapper Megan Thee Stallion. But as with many trends, once they've been around for a while, they kind of start turning a little toxic. You know, we kind of examine them a bit more and some of us take them extremely literally. And like a rancid bottle of your favorite apple cider vinegar, they just kind of, they just turn us off a little. So I wanted to look at some examples and I quickly found on YouTube that one of the most popular That Girl videos with 1.1 million views is by Vanessa Tew. Her name is spelt T-I-I-U, so I hope I've done her surname justice there. Her video is called The Ultimate Guide to Being That Girl. She begins by acknowledging both positive and negative interpretations of the trend and shares that she believes it's about being productive and motivating and finding what works for you before going on to share her that girl habits, which of course start with waking up at 6am and making her bed. I'll read out her morning list for you. Skincare. Lemon water. Gratitude and journaling. 
going for a morning walk. Green juice. Morning workout. Healthy breakfast. To-do list. So all that good stuff. Taken as individual actions, many of these things are things that I actually do already, such as making my bed early. I learned this from a Tim Ferriss podcast a long time ago. Making your bed can give you a tiny feeling of completeness. Like, I've, you know, I've already done that. I made the bed. Now I can take on the rest of my day. Even if it's literally you shake out a duvet and that's it, done. It just gives you, it's a tiny little tick at the beginning of your day. I think it definitely works, especially if you are like me, if you're someone that gets stressed at the sight of a messy bed or desk, like if you see a pile of clothes and you cannot work around them, you can't just push them aside, you have to put them away. Sometimes it can feel like nothing else will work out if you don't just tidy that little bit of mess when you first wake up. Other that girl behaviours that I already partake in include the lemon water thing, Lemon's meant to be a natural laxative, so first thing in the morning, makes sense. Obviously skincare because I have a beauty podcast. The morning workout, which currently consists of running around the park with our energetic puppy. And also the journaling, when I really need to clear my head. I'm not really great at doing it every day, unfortunately. But let's stay with the journaling for a second and go back to Vanessa's video. In the video, Vanessa says, All right, so I got my warm lemon water. I got my little candle going. I feel like being that girl really means taking care of your mental health as well as physical health. So I'm going to do my little five-minute gratitude journal as well as my daily to-do list. And that's fine, right? But I can't lie, when I saw her journal, it actually turned out to be more like a couple of pages of more things to do. I don't know about you, but to me, journaling or morning pages as some call it, is more about checking in with yourself. It's an opportunity to dust off the negative cobwebs that might have taken up space in your mind. By writing things down, you can get them out of your head and better analyse them and work out if they even really matter. Vanessa's journal was a list of more things to do, such as walking, spending time outside, drinking three litres of water, listening to a podcast, writing, going to bed by 11pm, limiting her screen time, all good things. I'm not disputing that. But that is a big list of things to control in a world that is very much out of our control right now. By the way, I'd love to know if you journal. So definitely get in touch after the podcast. Let me know. Let me know why you journal. For me, it's definitely a brain dump opportunity. Let me know over on at Beauty Me Podcast on Instagram or feel free to email me beautymepodcast at gmail.com. On YouTube, the That Girl trend is thriving, I guess because there's more people couldn't share, you know, hour-long videos on what they do as opposed to TikTok. Um, and on YouTube, I feel that someone who is the epitome of that girl, without necessarily ever calling herself that, by the way, or even being the typical version of the trend, is most likely Hitomi Mokizuki. My name is Hitomi Anha Parasa Mochizuki. I'm half Japanese and half Venezuelan, and I just like to share things that have helped me heal and find contentment in this crazy life. The content Hitomi produces often involves extremely intense levels of sharing. 
everything from vegan comfort food, and there are some amazing recipes on there, by the way, um, to spiritual growth, trauma, her favorite yoga wear, and other wholesome content. The reason I say Hitomi isn't the typical version of the trend is because if you take a look at the vast majority of the people taking part in it, it's pretty much like any trend in the wellness industry, populated by the super slim, young, tanned, and all blonde. In fact, one article I read on the tab.com described how that girl imagery looks like it comes straight from a Scandi influencer's Instagram and that that girl is essentially a walking Pinterest board. It wouldn't be right for me to dismiss everything related to that girl as a negative because if you dig deeper, you will find some alternatives that might well suit who you are. For instance, when I brought up the subject on my personal Instagram, a name that kept coming up was that of Sophia Rowe, chef, writer and Emmy-nominated TV host known for her amazing hair, which she has chopped off to an even more amazing bob. She's known for her plant-based food and she is unapologetic in reminding people about things that matter, such as black lives and mental health. She is a huge supporter of ensuring that everyone of every economic background should have access to nutritious food, which kind of makes her the perfect inspiration if you're channeling that girl from the most altruistic basis. Again, Sophia is not someone who champions the that girl movement. She's merely being who she is. And I'm not saying that I believe there's anything inherently wrong with following a trend that, on the surface at least, wants you to become the best version of yourself. But as I mentioned earlier, does that mean we don't currently like the version that we already are if we're constantly striving? It's hard because I'm just like, is there anything wrong with trying to better yourself? Isn't that why we study? Isn't that why we work out? But yeah, it has to make you question, am I okay with who I currently am? Also, some of the advice that, particularly on TikTok, is a little bit nonsensical. For instance, if you were to take all the advice that TikTok offers, you might be you might end up feeling more stressed or confused because you might be told to try even harder in class, which to me sounds like a recipe for that feeling of overwhelm that can come from being an overachiever. Or you might be told to cut or dye your hair or to make a sad playlist so you're prepared for everything. Oh, and if someone is hurting you, leave them, obviously, but also be nice to everyone. I think like with most things that we absorb or consume in life, we have to learn to choose the bits that we want to use and what we want to disregard. We don't need to take all the advice. I think that's definitely part of the social media ethos is even if you're putting something out there, People often come back with advice that you didn't even ask for. So we are, I think, 24-7, we are bombarded with advice, whether we ask for it or not. Also, I need to point out that for every That Girl video, there are plenty of anti-That Girl videos, almost. Um, there are plenty of people out there that are just like, it's not good for you. It's completely toxic. It's not going to work. There are so many videos on like the fact that motivation doesn't work. Vanessa that I mentioned earlier has even done another video that's how to be that girl if you're not a morning person. So there's so much out there. It's up to you to choose what you listen to. And if you feel like trends aside, there are some things that you want and need to do for yourself. I thought I'd share my own do's and don'ts, just the things that help me feel more me. And it's a short list, don't worry. 
So first of all, some do's. Do it because you want to, not because you saw it on TikTok or YouTube or you want to look like somebody else. I think you have to want to take care of yourself. You wake up each morning, what are the things that really matter to you in order for you to feel good? Then comes the hard part. You have to commit to it, <laughs> at least to some to some extent, whether that's daily or weekly or monthly, whatever that thing might be. And consistency can be that really bumpy ride. I've definitely found that even just with having this podcast. Do think about what your ideal version looks like, but also feels like. How do you feel when you are that person? Like, honestly, how where are you? Try and picture it, but also keep it real. If it is a physical thing, it's probably not the best idea to just envision yourself 20 pounds lighter with glowing skin and long lustrous hair. If right now you barely even want to take a shower, you are the only one that can be honest with yourself. Like I always think when you go to bed at night, you can't really hide anything else and you don't need, you shouldn't have to hide from yourself. You can be so honest with yourself. So just think about the small things. Do you want to spend time with a friend? Do you need that? Do you really want to go and get your nails done? Or do you just want to binge watch Selling Sunset all over again until you feel ready to do something more meaningful? To explain myself a little bit better, I thought I'd break down what I feel I enjoy. And going to the gym is definitely in there, but far more important than this end goal of just feeling lighter or less sluggish or looking a bit tighter. It's more about the release that comes with it. If I'm feeling down or frustrated, I know for a fact that movement will help. I have never regretted going to the gym. I only regret the workouts that I didn't do when it's seven o'clock in the evening and I'm like, I wish I'd gone because it would have given me that feeling. And I don't mean euphoria or a high. I just mean like, you know, I put my energy into something I didn't have to spend that hour thinking about ifs and what ifs and what might happen if this client does that or that family member says that. It's just the gym helps you have that moment. And if you sweat, even better. I like to go to the gym and walk right past the cardio machine and instead pick up some weights or load up the prowler, which is kind of like this sled that you push. I am obsessed with putting on heavier weights than whoever is next to me. It's pretty sad. I've always made out I'm not a competitive person, but there's something that happens at the gym. I love to load up the prowler. And I think what I really like about it is that you can't really half-ass using a prowler. If you do, you'll hurt yourself. Like You have to really be focused on with your whole body to push that sled down the track. If I push the prowler half-assed, then I will definitely either hurt my arms or mess up an ankle. So I have to use my whole body, which means for those 10 or 15 minutes, I'm completely present and I'm certainly not thinking about what somebody said. Another aspect of me feeling my best is not eating shit. But let me explain that Describing food as shit does not necessarily mean that food is sugary or calorific. On a good day where my mind feels happy and balanced, I can eat a donut and enjoy it. It is a donut. It is not shit. But on a crappy day when it's only 10am and I already feel like I'm failing at work, I want to get back into bed and eat biscuits, eat cake, 
eat crisps, that is eating shit because I'm not present. I'm just trying to numb myself and get through to the end of the day so that I can go to bed again. Another aspect that I've really come to appreciate since we got our puppy a few weeks ago is brushing my teeth, washing my face and doing my morning skincare. Like if I get that done before 8.30 a.m., I am winning. The first week that Bowie arrived home, I felt like a new mother. Obviously, it's not even anywhere close, but that's how it felt for me. I had to care for this new being. I ended up having my showers at seven o'clock once my husband would get home from work. I would find myself just like feeling how bumpy my face was and like how greasy my hair was and wondering if I'd then sanitized my hands since playing with the puppy and my hair had gone past the sexy messy bun stage and it just looked like my comb would not even make it through. So yeah, finding time to get my AM skincare back on track feels like the best version of me. But I would love to know what you think. What's that thing that makes you feel like, yeah, this is me. I'd love to know. Let me know over on at Beauty Me Podcast on Instagram. Pop into the DMs. Before I go, here are a couple of don'ts. I did say I was sharing some do's and don'ts. I only have two don'ts. First of all, don't overdo it. Lists are amazing. They truly help me when it comes to my work. But making a list of things to do for yourself, no matter how positive that sounds when it comes to prioritizing yourself, can also end up feeling like an impossible list. Instead, I prefer to call it writing down a list of things that you love, whether that's a masking session at home or a massage from a professional or taking time to catch up with a book, a show, and then have that list of things that you love somewhere that you can see it. Then you can either designate a time that you plan on ticking off one of those loves or if an opportunity arises, just go do one of them. Don't even think about it. Just pick something off that list. Do one of those things that you love for as long as you can, even if it's two minutes, a couple of hours, even better. But think about spreading that list of loves throughout the week so you always have something, however big or small, to look forward to. And finally, don't beat yourself up about not being that girl. She is not for everybody and that's okay. Let me know if you're okay over in my dms at beauty me podcast see you next time thanks so much for listening you can find me on instagram at beauty me podcast and feel free to slide into the dms do please like subscribe and review it really helps beauty me be seen